Hi, is there such thing as living long but happy and healthy? That's the question I will be answering on today's Facebook Live with no other than Dr. Ajay Shah, who is a cardiologist and that is a rare breed in itself. So I am super excited to have on today's um, Facebook Live and uh, kind of dig into his story. So welcome everybody to Ask Nutrition is Deepa's uh, live Facebook uh, event today. And Dr. Shah, welcome. And uh, let's get going. Yes. Thank you, Deepa. Thanks for inviting me. It's uh, such an honor. And uh, welcome to all our viewers and followers. I think today's topic is not only an important topic, but a topic which many people are starting to give up. As we were talking earlier, many people actually are now thinking of today, tomorrow, but they are not thinking of 30, 50, 60, 70 years. And that's something I'm going to talk about today, that how we can not just live very long, I'm, I'm talking about very, very long, but also live very healthy and very happy. So I'm going to be going through a lot of rapid bullet points, a lot of the, lot of the covering of a variety of items. All those things will be shown uh, on my YouTube channel also. So I'm just going to give you a, a list and we will talk as we go. So let's start with the slides. That sounds good. Thank you. So again, if you if you look at the can you please do the, the slideshow mode? Let's see what is going on here. Can you take the, okay. Is it there now? I think so, yeah. Okay. So again, the title of our talk is Small Steps for Longevity, Happiness and Health. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. I've been a physician. Yeah, because I wanted to ask you that, you know, being a cardiologist, how did you end up? into whole food plant-based uh, uh, lifestyle medicine. Yes, so I've been a physician for 41 years, so I have some experience now. I've been a board certified cardiologist for 26 years. And I was just like a, any other cardiologist, pushing a lot of pills and doing a lot of procedures. But over the last five, six years, I realized that many of my patients I see, actually all they are coming because of chronic heart disease, which are due to lot of the lifestyle they are living. And that's when I realized that if I want to make impact for, for next 20 years of my career, I should be doing something different than what I've been doing for 25 years. And that's where I got interested into lifestyle medicine. Lifestyle medicine is actually a new field for last about four or five years. There are only about 2000 people who are certified into lifestyle medicine. Lifestyle medicine essentially looks into the six pillars which we will cover in our today's talk how to be not just healthy and happy, but how to live long and how to prevent many, many chronic disease. And today's topic is actually one of my most favorite topics. I'm very big, big enthusiastic about longevity and health span. So let's start with our talk. Again, like I said, today's talk is a, a rapid fire list. So please, uh, please uh, tighten your belt because we're gonna cover a lot of items take notes or watch again and again and start reading more about everything I'm going to show you. Actually, this talk is based on my talk, which is already available on YouTube. 
on how to live 110 years old happy and healthy. So if you want to get more details, you can watch uh, you can watch my videos. So Americans are living less. Actually, last three years, which to me were very much a concerning surprise, last three years, Americans are living average about three months less than before. So for 100 years, our lifespan was going up. But for last three years, lifespan actually has gone down by three months every year. So we are actually living less. Obviously, America being the richest country, the most successful country with lots of technology, lots of medical care, lots of procedures, lots of medications, lots of 911 available. Still, we are living less for last three years. And in terms of our longevity, we are like one of the last in all the developed nations. Even in the world, we are like a 32 or 33, even though we spend the most money on our health, we spend almost like three or four times more money in the next developed country, but we still live less, less and less. So that, is, time, so that is an interesting statistic, right? Because we have so many natural resources. We have, obviously there is no shortage of food, yet the food driven chronic disease conditions are on rise. Exactly. I think uh, the food, which was considered like the lifeline for all of us, just, you know, as uh, just like 67 years ago, where the whole world was looking for more food and, you know, preventing hunger. Now, actually, the table has turned and we are actually having caloric access. We are having a lot of empty calories. We are eating a lot of uh, processed food. You know, if you look at the standard American diet, standard American diet has a 65% processed food. 25% American, 25% animal products. So we are eating a lot less plant-based food. At the same time, Americans are getting sicker at a younger and younger age. Uh, when mm -hmm. I came to America in 86, I saw a lot of people with three or four medications uh, on the list. Now when I see a 65-year-old Medicare patients, most of them are on eight to 10 medicine. Some of them are not even on 15 medicine. So imagine taking 15 pills per day that's not the fun way to live life. Many of them are walking with Walker. Many of them already had a knee replacement. Many of them already had a heart bypass. So many of them are not living healthier also. So again, Americans are living less and they're actually also getting sicker, younger and younger. I also want to cover this concept of chronological age and biological age. Chronological age is the one that the day you were born until today, whatever time is between is the chronological age. So for example, I am 58, 59 years old. Biological age is, when, is where how your body has aged at a cellular level and at the biological level. And so how does one find out the chronical, I mean the biological age? So biological age, my last slide will show it, but I'll tell you right now, there are various ways of measuring biological age. There's a simple, simple method called Morgan-Levine method, where actually you can plug in some of the routine labs, which many people have it done every six months, every 12 months. And I'll put the calculator in my last slide, called Morgan-Levine biological age calculator. And that tells you okay. what is your biological age. You can actually also do a methylation age, where you how your DNA is methylated, and that can also exactly tell you how is your biological age. You can also do telomere length, and telomere length also will be able to tell you a biological age. So there are various ways of measuring biological age. I think it's worth it's just anywhere between 
200 or $300 to do kilometer land and methylation age. But if you don't want to spend any money, just plug in those labs, which I'll show you in the last slide, and you can actually have your biological age from the labs you already had month or two ago. I also want to cover this rectangular, rectangular lifespan curve concept. Most of the people in America, they are 60, 65 years old. They start getting sick. They have three or four chronic disease. They suffer for 10 or 15 years, and then they die at 78 for male, 81, 82 for female. For last 10 years are in misery. So rectangular curve is where you go healthy, 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 young, 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 happy, 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 almost until 100, 110, and then one day in your sleep, you just die. So essentially you go great for a long time, and then you just drop there in one day. So suffering is almost close to be zero. And that's what we want. We want a rectangular, a long rectangular a lifespan curve where we live long and we just die in one day, you know, without any kind of suffering. So again, this list is my experience over the last 40 years, a lot of my reading, a lot of my personal interest in longevity, a lot of my personal passion to live long, live healthy, live happy. Uh, but at the same time, you know, this list by all means is not a complete list. I add more things as I learn more. And I'm sure you and all the viewers and followers can add their own things also. This is just one hour talk, but I want you to look up each and every item yourself, Google it, research it, you know, read in the books, watch YouTube videos, and make your own essentially following method for each item. If you do more and more items from this list, I can assure you that you will live very long, happy and healthy. So let's start the list now. The first thing is some of the physical attributes, how you should be physically. Body mass index, which you can measure with, with the height and weight, and there are online calculator for body mass index, BMI, BMI should be ideally 22 if you want to live very long. If you look at the BMI recommendation, 25 is the number, 25 is the cutoff to call it overweight. 30 is obesity, but 25 is not enough to live long. We need to be at body mass index of 22. And if you are Indian like myself or Deepa, or if you are from South Asia, the BMI should be around 2021. 20, the body fat, which you can easily measure uh, with the uh, impedance plethysmography with DEXA scan. So body fat percent should be around 15% for male and 25% for female. You don't need to measure it if you don't have access to, but if you have access to, it's worth measuring body fat percent because many times some people, even with a low BMI, have a high body fat percent. The simple thing you can do today, even right after our talk, is getting the measure tape and measuring your waist size at the maximum diameter and see if it's less than half of your height. For example, for myself, I'm five feet six inches tall, so that's a 66 inches. So my waist should be less than 33 inches. Even if you follow just this one thing that keep your waist less than half of your height, you will live very long and very healthy. Next thing is a resting heart rate. Resting heart rate is a window to many things, including how fit you are, how your heart health is, how is your uh, parasympathetic and sympathetic tone is. And if your resting heart rate is below 50, that's ideal. If your resting heart rate right now is high, that's okay. Just start doing some regular physical conditioning, walking, jogging, running, elliptical, anything you do, which is a cardio type exercise, your resting heart rate will start to come down. 
If you start eating whole food, plant-based, no oil diet, your resting heart rate will come down. And the next thing is the having a heart rate variability, which is the measure between each beat, like how much between each heartbeat, your heart is vary, varying or having variations. And that HRV, heart rate variability, anywhere above 40, preferably above 50 is the optimal HRV. HRV, heart rate variability, is a measure of balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic tone. Parasympathetic dominance is the way to live long. People who have a high parasympathetic tone, they live long, they live healthy, they have less inflammation. So again, optimal HRV. Hmm. Healthy microbiome. Microbiome has been a new concept over the last uh, five to 10 years. Microbiome are the organisms which resides in our body. The large part of those organisms live actually in the colon, the bacteria in the colon. And those bacteria in the colon are not just sitting idly, but they are working synergistically with our body to produce a lot of the useful chemicals and useful substances. So having a healthy type of bacteria in our colon will give you a lot of the substances, including small chain fatty acids, which are one of the most important substances for living healthy and living long. The microbiome is very important. People who eat whole food, plant-based, no oil diet with lots of soluble fiber, just in general, lots of fiber, they always have a healthy microbiome. People who eat lots of animal products and have minimum fiber because animal products have zero fiber. And those people who are predominantly eating animal products for breakfast, lunch, and dinner have a very unhealthy microbiome, and they actually have lot of issues in terms of producing a lot of toxins, including endotoxins and many other substances which can cause inflammation. When it comes down to the blood pressure. And then yes. don't you think the fiber will also help with the blood pressure and removing the fat and removing the excess hormones from your system? So fiber is one of the most uh, important nutrient, I feel. People don't count fiber as a nutrient, you know, because we are so caught up in calories and, and protein and, you know, uh, carbohydrate, I mean, that we, we tend to forget how important the fiber is. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And I think I 100% agree. In matter of fact, I would stress even more, whenever I give any talk, I always said that if you want to remember one thing in the food yeah. you eat, and that's fiber. Because a lot of people think protein, just protein name itself means important, most important. But a lot of personal trainers will say, how much protein did you get? But we should be asking how much fiber, how many grams of fiber did you get? As American, as American, we get only about 15 grams of fiber. And minimum recommendation is 35 grams. And ideally, it should be 50 to 70 grams. We will talk about that as we go in the slides. So then blood pressure should be 110 over 80. Ideally, without medication. If you are on a blood pressure medicine, it's okay. Keep taking it. Start making those changes, which I'm going to show you today. And your blood pressure will start coming down. And eventually, you can actually get off the blood pressure medicine. Many of my patients with following my program are able to get off the blood pressure medicine. We'll talk about cholesterol medicine, diabetes medicine also. There's also another concept which has been around for now last five to ten years. And that's a circadian rhythm. As human, or even for that sake, as animals, we are all used to getting up when the sun rises and going to the sleep when sun sets. But now, obviously, with all the electricity for last hundred years and all the technology and all the blue light emitting screens, including iPhones and iPads and computers and TVs, 
our whole circadian rhythm is messed up. We actually many times don't wake up until nine or 10 o'clock and stay up until two or three o'clock in the morning. So we actually are not following the sun schedule at all. So if, if one wants to live long, they need to follow the sun schedule as much as possible. Matter of fact, every cell in our body follows the sun schedule. Pancreas, in the, the endocrine organ in our body follows the sun schedule. And there's better secretion of insulin in the morning. So again, following a sun schedule as much as you can is very important. Let's start with the nutrition if you want to live long, happy, and healthy. <laughs> Number one thing you can do is a whole food plant-based diet. That means essentially eating plant-based food as much as possible. If you are eating plant-based food right now, 100% vegan, that's great. If you are not, try your best to go towards whole food plant-based diet as soon as you can. I'm not saying you need to become you need to become vegan overnight, but the earlier you become whole food plant-based diet, uh, better for you. Being vegan is not enough because Oreos, even Coke and Pepsi, they all are vegan, but they are not healthy food. They are, there are a lot of unhealthy vegan people. A lot of Indians have a lot of unhealthy vegan food, including a lot of the fried food, and those are not uh, those are not the healthy vegan way of living. Also, no SOS. SOS is a symbol for emergency or urgency. SOS here stands for salt, oil, and sugar. So if you want to live long, live healthy, eliminate salt, oil, and sugar. We don't need salt. A lot of people say that we need small amount of salt. That's not true. Natural food has enough salt, so you will get adequate amount of sodium and adequate amount of salt as much as you need. Uh, oil needs to go. Oil packs 4,000 calories per pound. Oil is the most processed food you can ever find. Oil is 120 calories for one tablespoon. So oil is very calorie dense. If you need to lose weight, if you need to maintain ideal body weight, and if you want to not gain the weight back which you lost, eliminate the oil completely. And same thing goes for the sugar. And sugar can be hidden in many different names and different forms, but sugar needs to go. Same with no soda. Both soda has uh, soda and diet soda has uh, issues because soda obviously with the sugar and with caffeine uh, has actually shown to cause now fatty liver, obesity, pre-diabetes, diabetes, even Alzheimer's disease. The That's diet soda, and Dr. Shah, one more thing, going back to your oil, uh, especially for our, um, you know, the Indian community who, who tries to get away by saying, oh, I'm vegetarian, right? They think yes. that that's going to be a protective factor. But then if you if you look at the amount of dairy and uh, in, in Indian diets and not to mention all the tarka, the oil, Yes. That goes in every single dish, I think, is is the killer. I think all the protective effect that we get from spices is is negated by negated by the amount of oil we put in the in 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 uh, Indian food. That's an excellent point. I think India is becoming the heart attack capital of the world. South India has so many more heart attacks than even in America. Even they're ten years younger than an average American person. And India is actually becoming next diabetic capital in the world. India has more diabetic now than any other country. So I agree with you. I think even though like Gujaratis, like I am myself and many of the people in South, they are vegetarian, but they have a lot of oil and a lot of dairy. And when I was growing up, Deepa, you remember that, 
that Amul Dairy was like a sensation. People were saying <laughs> that's the best thing happened to Gujarat. But to be honest with you, that's probably turned out to be a curse. I think dairy needs to go. And we will talk about animal products as we go on the slides, why animal products should be completely eliminated as much as possible. Same yeah, thing yeah. goes with the processed food. When the, process, when the food is processed, when the food is made into factories, a lot of the fiber is removed because when the fiber is in the food, food gets stale, so they remove the fiber, and a lot of the water is removed to keep the longer shelf life. So if you look at the, some of the processed food, including some of the Indian processed food, fiber and water is removed. So normally they become very calorie dense, but they are very, very oily, and they have no micronutrients. Most processed food have no micronutrients. Micronutrient only comes from the whole food, unbased food. Next thing is no alcohol or drugs. I know obviously a lot of people said that small amount of alcohol can be beneficial, but now we know we have enough data that zero alcohol is the best policy. When a woman drinks glass of wine three, four times a week, breast cancer risk almost goes by 15 to 20%. Uh, same with drugs, obviously. I think, uh, you know, I think many people don't realize that sim as simple as marijuana and weed can be detrimental to your brain health, detrimental to your overall health. So no alcohol and no drugs. Zero alcohol is the best policy. Next thing is, uh, you know, I personally, I am myself a whole food plant-based vegan, DPIS, but if you are not, that's okay. Make the best transition make the quickest transition you can and try to eliminate as much animal products as possible. If you have a small animal product, I can understand, but you should not be eating uh, bacon and eggs for breakfast, uh, 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 you know, a chicken for the lunch and fish for the dinner. You cannot just do that. I think most blue zones are plant predominant. Blue zones are the people where people live hunger, people live healthy, people live happy. They're mostly plant, plant predominant population their animal products are less than three to five percent no more than ten percent we already covered fiber fiber is in my opinion the most important nutrient uh, and i particularly nutrient because it does have a lot of beneficial effects it doesn't give that much calorie it gives very small amount of calorie by providing those small chain fatty acid but fiber mostly is there to feed the bacteria and the colon, which produces a lot of useful substances. So again, Americans eat 15 grams of fiber, very, very concerning, very alarming. We need to eat minimum 35 grams, preferably 50 to 70, even 100 grams. More fiber you eat, longer you will live. A lot of people That's true. Right. And, and one easy fiber. way to get fiber, I tell, uh, I tell everybody, is stop peeling your vegetables. Yes. Very simple. Cucumbers. You use the use the stem and the leaves of cauliflower and broccoli. Don't throw th those things away. I I don't throw the seeds away. People throw the they they throw away the seeds and the skin. I said those are the things we we need. I know this one doctor who eats only the peels of the fruit. Yeah. As yeah. one of his snack, I I have yeah. seen him. Yeah. He peel he takes the peel of the apple and he has that and. A uh, few bites of uh, uh, orange skin, and uh, you know. Yep. <laughs> I think I agree with you. I think the pill has the most micronutrient and the least amount of uh, fructose and glucose. So I think I agree with you. I think if you only just go with the micro micronutrient, pill probably has the most micronutrient. I agree with you. And I eat actually orange pill all the time. I love orange pill. I mean, it tastes good and it has a lot of micronutrient, a lot of fiber, like you said. So. 
lot of people also ask me ask me about macronutrient ratio typically i don't believe in knowing this ratio in general because we don't go to grocery store and ask the person give me 50 gram of carb and 30 gram of fat and 20 gram of protein we don't we don't uh, deal with that we don't deal with macronutrient when we go to grocery store we deal with the real food so knowing macro macronutrient ratio is not necessary but for the people who are really interested it should be in my opinion and not just my opinion based on all the blue zone uh, nutrition analysis it should be 65% carbohydrate 25% fat mostly poly and monounsaturated fat and 10% protein mostly plant based protein so again 65% carb 25% fat 10% protein and again this is the one where a lot of people are going on this fat diet of keto diet or keto craze or paleo diet that's where, let me tell you, keto diet is going to kill more people than COVID-19 has killed. Keto diet is not a healthy diet. Wow. Keto diet wow. needs to go. Keto diet is nothing but old Atkins diet when I came to this country in a new, new name and new clothes. Keto diet needs to go. <laughs> we also need to talk about micronutrient because macronutrient gives us calorie, you know, the fat, protein, and carbohydrate. But we also need micronutrient like phytochemicals, vitamins, minerals, and many other, many other micronutrients. And micronutrient typically comes from whole food, plant-based diet without any oil. Uh, and if you want to live long, we need to have micronutrient access. And that's where Dr. Joe Furman gives this formula, H equals N over C, where N on the top is the micronutrient and C on the bottom is the calorie. So if you have a tons of micronutrient and if you have a limited calorie, your H ratio will be high. H is the health. So if you want to have a good health, have more micronutrient and less calorie. Also having adequate omega-3 fatty acid. Omega-3 is an essential fatty acid. Our body doesn't make it. And we get it typically from food uh, or sometimes algae-based supplement. Uh, people who take fish or from fish and fish oil supplements. You can get omega-3 from walnuts, chia seeds, flax seeds, where your body will convert ALA from those uh, uh, plant-based food into EPA and DHA, typically DHA. But if you are not taking adequate amount of ALA, or if the body does not convert adequate ALA to DHA, then you can take actually algae-based DHA supplement. Also having low omega-6 is very important. Omega-6 typically comes from uh, uh, vegetable oils. Vegetable oil consumption has gone up significantly over the last 50, 60 years. I remember even when I was growing up in India, vegetable oil was a was a just big craze was going on. And still, vegetable oil is a major issue, not just in America, but all over the world. A lot of the processed food, second or third ingredient is oil. And all the vegetable oil gives you omega-6 fatty acid, which is very pro-inflammatory and cause a lot of inflammation. We also need to take adequate amount of vitamin B12. Everyone is B12 deficient unless they take a supplement. All whole food plant-based diet people should take B12. Even people who are carnivore should also take B12 supplements. Having a small amount of nuts and seeds also has shown to cause a, a, a longevity and long, a long health. Vitamin D supplement is important if you are not getting adequate sunlight. Uh, multivitamin with iodine, particularly if you are not taking any salt. Also, people ask me that what should I be eating if I want to, <coughs> if I want to live long and live healthy? Mm -hmm. Eat at least one pound of raw green vegetables. 
eat at least one pound of water cooked uh, or vegetable broth cooked uh, green vegetable. Have five servings of fruit. Have one pound of beans, lentils, and legumes divided into breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Matter of fact, I forgot to tell you that you should be eating greens in the breakfast also if you want to stay healthy and if you want to lose weight. So greens in the breakfast, greens in the lunch, green vegetables in the dinner. And same with uh, either beans, lentils, or legumes in breakfast, in lunch, and in dinner. Also having small intact grains. Intact grain is the key, key word because there are a lot of processed grain, a lot of, lot of refined grains, white rice, white bread, all those things, white pasta, all those things are the refined grains you should not be eating. So what are the intact grains? Intact grains are brown rice, black rice, millet, quinoa, oat groats, you know, all those things are intact grains. So try to have intact grains as much as possible. Try to have minimum flour or no flour as much as possible. And then one pound of starchy vegetables uh, like potatoes, uh, sweet potatoes, carrots, all kind of starchy vegetables. And if you add it up, it will give you about three to five pounds of food. So you will never go hungry. You will be always, you will always have satiety. You will start losing weight and become lean. You will, you will have a great health. You will reverse many of the chronic disease. So if you become whole food, plant-based, no oil diet, maintaining the calorie density of each food, less than six or 700 calories per pound, then you will automatically lose weight and reverse many of the chronic disease. Also having low saturated fat in diet. Fortunately, when you eat whole food, plant-based, no oil diet, saturated fat automatically becomes less in our diet. Typical saturated fat comes from animal products and from a lot of full fat, dairy, and cheese. So if you eliminate animal product, saturated fat will go down in your diet. And as we all know, saturated fat is the reason for a lot of heart disease, a lot of stroke, a lot of the many of the diabetes, a lot of many of the chronic disease. There's another thing which I wanted to remember, and this is very simple. It's called G-Bound. This is from Dr. Joe Furman, where he says that every day we should be eating G for green vegetables, B for berries, for our brain health, O for onions, M for cooked mushrooms, B for uh, beans, and S for small amount of seeds. So we should be eating these G-bombs every day if you want to live long and live healthy. Also try to have a decaf green tea instead of a coffee. Uh, one or two cup of coffee is fine, but ideally it should be decaf green tea. Also low temperature cooking is very important. We don't realize that a lot of the air fryer, a lot of the oven cooking, a lot of the grilling, a lot of the barbecuing creates this uh, advanced uh, end glycation products, which are responsible for many disease, including uh, uh, including Alzheimer's disease, cancer, diabetes, cancer, uh, skin. All, all inflammatory cancer. conditions. And, and yes. especially with when, uh, when the high protein animal product hits that uh, heat, that's when those AGEs are formed. Yes, yes, exactly. I think so. Try to have a try to have a water-based, low-temperature cooking below 120, below 140. You know, a lot of people are using air fryer. You know, once in a while, air fried sweet potato or potatoes or vegetables are fine, but you cannot make it as your staple that all three meals are air fried because then you'll be having a lot of AEGs. Most of your cooking should be either an instapot with water or just on a stove top with the water. Also, concept of caloric restriction. This is a very important concept. There are books written on this thing. There are tons of YouTube videos on caloric restriction. The only thing which has shown to increase the lifespan is caloric restriction. 
That means cutting down about three to 500 calories per day. So for an average person, it would be cutting down from 2,500 calories to about 15 to 2,000, uh, 1,500 to 2,000 calories per day. Intermittent fasting is a newer concept for the last five to 10 years. That means limiting your eating window between eight and 12 hours. We obviously don't have the long-term data because this concept just became popular, but knowing over the last thousands of years, particularly some of the Eastern culture, where people stopped eating earlier in the evening, when the sundown happened, uh, there was no meal after that, those people had lived long. Also, water-only fasting is also very important. Not only it helps you to lose weight, but it also has a lot of other benefits, including autophagy, including cancer prevention, including clearance of cells and cells, including prevention of diabetes, prediabetes, Alzheimer's disease. So there are a lot of benefits of water-only fasting. You can do safely water-only fasting 24 hours under your doctor's supervision. But if you need longer water-only fasting, like three days, five days, even seven days, even up to 21 days, you can do it at a center. There's one center in California called True North, and that's worth considering if you are thinking of water-only fasting. Like I said, keto diet or ketosis is become a new buzzword, and getting into ketosis is the right thing to do. And every day ketosis can happen if you eat within eight hours. If you have 16 hours per day of not eating, you will have a small amount of ketone. I have measured my ketones, Whenever I've, I've eaten within eight hours, and I, I do have a small amount of ketone. If you do water-only fasting more than 24 hours, you will get into ketosis, and definitely after 48 or 72 hours, you will get into ketosis. If you exercise in a fasting state, you will get into ketosis. So there are healthy way of getting in ketosis instead of keeping the keto diet, which is ultra low in carb and very high in saturated fat from animal products. So no keto diet, but healthy ketosis. Also, if you want to live long, try to have a large healthy breakfast with, like I said, with green vegetables, with beans, legumes, lentils, intact grains and fruits. Have a healthy large breakfast and have a very light early dinner, like by 6 or 6.30 p.m. if you go to sleep at 10, 10.30 p.m. Hmm. Definitely having adequate amount of water is important. People who eat whole food, plant-based, no oil diet, they do get adequate water because plants have adequate water. But if you are transitioning to that type of a whole food, plant-based diet, definitely have 64 ounces of water, preferably even more than that. In terms of the physical activity, try to at least have 15,000 steps. Average American gets about three to 4,000 steps, 3,000 steps. And that's really, really pathetic and that's really, really concerning. My steps average for last five years is anywhere between 18 and 22,000. And I work full time, I commute two hours, I still get at least two, three hours of walking every day. So not, not having enough time is not a, a good excuse. Everybody can find time to walk at least hour to two a day. You know, it can work. It can walk every hour, five to ten minutes, and can walk one hour in the evening. Weight training is very When it comes to uh, finding time, I tell people all the time: either we find time to go to the doctor or uh, drive through the pharmacy, uh, drive through to pick up your prescription, go for some this test, that's that test, or we find time every day to to take care of ourselves. Both are time-consuming activities. One at least has light at the end of the tunnel. Going to the doctor, being sick in the hospital, I've never seen anybody gets excited about that process. So you choose your heart. 
I think I agree with you. I think uh, many people are experienced when they go see a doctor, they have half an hour to one hour to two hour waiting. And they are waiting in the waiting room with, you know, with all the all the anguish and all the anger and waiting and waiting. Many times before the surgery, they are three to four hour waiting. So I agree with you. I think uh, either you spend time getting healthier or you spend time staying sick and keep wasting your time at doctor's office and at hospital. So weight training is also very important because as we get older, loss of muscle mass starts to happen and we become sarcopenic. So we need to do some weight training. Safest way is a machine-based weight training or your own body weight training. You can do as simple as squats. You can just do it even with a chair if you are an older, uh, or you can do uh, machine-based weight training at a gym, or you can do free weights uh, if you have access to free weights and if you're a personal trainer available. Also doing stretches, yoga, and balance training is also very important. As we get older, fall becomes a major issue. A lot of people, a lot of patients, a lot of my patients after a hip fracture die within one year. So definitely fall prevention is very important. And that's where when we get older, balance training also becomes very important. Also, this concept of being a Sardinia male, this is something of a, I came out myself. I noticed that blue zones, there are five blue zones in the world where people live long. Out of the five blue zones, five blue zones, Sardinia is the only blue zone where male actually live longer than Sardinian female. So that's where, for me, I want to be a Sardinian male. So what is the secret? Sardinian male wake up early in the morning, 5.30, 6 o'clock, and all day they are walking out in the nature. They are going a lot of hills up and down. So obviously it would be hard to duplicate in a high-rise building in America. But at least every hour you can get up for 5 to 10 minutes, take three or four steps, and then come back and do your work again. If you do that, if you try to duplicate becoming like a Sardinian male, then as a male, you can also have a longevity and health span. Also, moving every hour is very important. Sitting is new smoking because people who sit, even though they exercise one hour in the evening at the gym, if they sit eight hours nonstop at a computer desk, it's still very, very detrimental. So moving every hour is very important. Let's go to some of the laboratory data. Some of these labs, you may or may not be familiar, but the labs I'm going to show you, pretty much everybody gets it at least once a year. A1C is a measure of uh, diabetes over 90 days. And A1C should be below 5.2, 5.5 for sure. Below 5.2 would be ideal. My A1C was 5.9 just five years ago. Now with weight loss, exercise, healthy eating, my A1C now runs 5.1, 5.2. Cholesterol should be below 150 uh, with whole food, plant-based, no oil diet. Some people will have a high cholesterol and they may need a medicine. Obviously, checking with your doctor would be the right thing to do. LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, low-density lipoprotein should be around 70. Triglycerides, which is the fat floating in the blood, should be around 50. HDL, which is a good cholesterol, which helps to reverse the plaque, should be above 50. Good being HDL being good cholesterol should be higher. ALT and AST are the liver enzymes, and they should be below 20. Liver enzymes actually reflects how much fat a person has in the liver, and we all know fatty liver is the reason for a lot of the diabetes epidemic, a lot of the cirrhosis, a lot of the liver transplant. So ALT and AST should be below 20. WBC, which is the white blood cell count, should be below 4.2. Higher WBC actually is a sign of chronic inflammation, 
So make sure you check your WBC. And like I said, many of these labs are checked at least once a year for most people in the, by the doctor's office. Lymphocyte, which is a type of WBC, should be above 40. When people have higher amount of uh, neutrophils, which is another type of cell, they also have a sign of chronic inflammation. So try to have high lymphocyte and low neutrophils. Albumin, which is a protein in the blood, which is made by the liver. As we get older, albumin start to get lower and lower. People who maintain their uh, youth, actually they have a high level of albumin in their blood. IGF-1, which is the insulin-like growth factor, which is a type of a hormone which actually behaves like a growth hormone. Higher the IGF-1 level, higher chance of cancer. Average American uh, IGF is about 250 to 300. Average whole food plant-based, no oil person, a vegan person who is whole food plant-based, their IGF-1 is anywhere from 100 to 150. I checked my IGF-1, my IGF-1 was 110. Lower the IGF, longer you live. Insulin is a hormone which helps the sugar to go in the cell, but insulin is also a growth hormone, and insulin level should be below five. High insulin level is a sign of insulin resistance, and that can cause diabetes and prediabetes. So insulin level should be below five. HSCRP, which is a marker of inflammation, and as we all know now, the chronic inflammation can lead to many, many diseases, including heart disease, stroke, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, cancer. So HSCRP should be below 0.2. Next thing is obviously preventing cancer. I have a separate talk on YouTube, how you can uh, do the lifestyle changes to prevent cancer. So please watch that video. Also, obviously, if you want to live long, escape the top killers. That means heart disease, cancer, stroke, kidney disease, diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, lung disease, accidents, suicide, and medical errors. And again, there is a great book, How Not to Die, by Dr. Michael Greger. It's a dense book. It's about five or six hundred page book, but it's worth reading because in that book, Dr. Michael Greger goes through all the top ten killers, and each chapter on one killer and explains you and teaches you how you can avoid those top killers. Obviously, no smoking and reversing all chronic disease. Also, preventing metabolic syndrome is very important. In America, almost. 88% of people have insulin resistance and almost 50 to 60% of people have metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome is the is a condition where there are high triglycerides, low HDL, high blood pressure, increased waist diameter, and high sugar. So try to prevent metabolic syndrome. Prevent osteoporosis, particularly in female. As we get older, bone becomes brittle and we start having osteoporosis. And when osteoporosis happens either in the spine or in the hip, Fractures become very common. And I, like I said earlier, after a fracture, mortality, dying from any other cause within one year is very high. So preventing osteoporosis, preventing fractures is very important. Uh, depression is very common in America. Almost 20, 25% of people in their lifetime will have depression. A lot of people are antidepressant. I have a separate two-hour talk on how you can prevent depression and how you can prevent the next episode of depression. Please watch that. I go through all the methods how you can prevent the depression. So preventing depression is very important. Being in nature is very important. We don't realize that how much benefit we get just by being in nature, including sunlight, including fresh air, and, in, and many other benefits. Exposing yourself to adequate sunlight, not only just to get vitamin D, but also to have proper uh, hormonal level in our brain, including serotonin, to prevent depression, to improve sleep. 
people who expose themselves for half an hour of sunlight in the morning, they actually get a better sleep. Also, avoiding night shift as much as possible because night shift is considered a carcinogen. People who work night shift have a higher chance of cancer. People who work night shift have a higher chance of dying prematurely. So then avoid night shift as much as possible. But obviously, some people cannot do that. I cannot do that as a physician. Some nurses cannot do that. Paramedics cannot do that. Uh, firefighters cannot do that. Some of the factory workers cannot do that. If that's the case, try to practice as many other things as good as possible that will only vacuum will be the night shift. But if you are working night shift and you do other unhealthy things, you only will have a higher chance of dying prematurely. Having a good posture is very important, keeping as erect posture as possible. I also personally believe more and more in health coach, life coach, and even considering personal trainer. Just like Deepa is with the nutrition, Deepa with a lot of the uh, health coaching, I think to me it's very important that we actually take health coach as seriously as a doctor because many times doctors are busy. They may not give you more than three or five or seven minutes when, when you go and see them because they already have to see 20, 30, 40 patients. But health coach actually will give you 30 minutes, 45 minutes, even one hour. We'll try to figure out what's going on in your life in terms of chronic disease and we'll guide you through how you can go on a healthy lifestyle. Uh, definitely talk to your doctor about getting all proper vaccines, all the cancer screenings, including colonoscopy, mammography, everything else, prostate exams. Also getting yearly physical is very important. Uh, dental care, regular flossing, regular uh, dental cleaning, regular tooth dental care, regular toothbrush, all those things are very important. People who have a poor gum, poor gum health have high chance of heart disease, high chance of Alzheimer's disease and many other chronic inflammation. Definitely sleep eight hours and not just sleep eight hours, but track it. That means you should be wearing a device which will tell you how was your sleep, how was your RAM, how was your deep sleep, how was your light sleep, how many times you were awake, what was your heart rate during sleep. Again, sleep seven to eight hours and track how good the sleep is. Sitting in a sauna at the 160 to 250 degrees also shown to have health benefits. Taking regular cold showers. Cold shower is a type of hermetic stress where actually it, uh, it, 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 it makes you live long. Uh, protection from sunlight, very important. Skin cancers are very, very common in the Western, uh, in the Western Hemisphere, particularly in America and Australia. So protect yourself from sunlight with the regular sunscreen use. Financial but, but Asha, with the skin, with the skin cancer, the more robust micronutrient-based diet like vitamin A and beta carotene and vitamin C that we get from uh, plant-based diet is also going to protect us from some of the 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 oxidative uh, negatives of being in sun. I agree with you totally. I think uh, I think the the anti-cancer effects of whole food plant-based cannot be just uh, ignored. I think uh, I think I agree. I think uh, many times sunlight just starts the reaction, and our diet and our lifestyle actually you know kind of makes that reaction further go into cancer. I agree with you totally. Financial health is also very important. You know, obviously we don't outlive the money we have because eventually we'll, we'll be bankrupt at age 80, 90. So make sure if you are young, you start saving money, start contributing to your retirement, you know, start living a minimalist life and have adequate reserve when you are 80, 90, 100, 110 years old. 
learn CPR, very important skill to learn because as we get older, sometimes no matter how much we try, we cannot escape certain disease, including heart disease. If you if you or your spouse know the CPR, that, that can be a lifesaver. Definitely safe car driving, that is no taxing, no getting distractions from a uh, you know, variety of things. Definitely get a college degree. People who have college degree, they live long. You know, they have a higher sense of how to search for right information, how to how to you know go on the Google search, how to watch the right videos on YouTube. So have a college degree or more. Definitely a person who is married, who has a spouse, has a life partner, is proven to cause uh, longevity and even health. We all need partner, we all need a buddy when we want to go on this healthy lifestyle. So definitely having a spouse or a life partner becomes much easier. Having family is also very important. Loneliness is considered as bad as smoking. Actually, people were studied where they were compared loneliness versus smoking. Heart attack risk was actually higher being lonely than even being a smoker. So having family and friends is very important. And the next few slides, I'm going to cover something which obviously I'm not expert. I'm still learning myself. But number one thing, number one thing, which I can tell you in my whole talk, if you want to live long, if you want to live healthy and happy, is to have a purpose to live. And that purpose could be, you know, having a 75th wedding anniversary, having a great grandkids graduation, having to run a marathon when you're 90 or 100 years old, whatever the purpose. Uh, you know, purpose to reverse the diabetes or reverse the heart disease, but you have to have purpose or your ikigai to live long and live happy and healthy. Plus also having a strong belief that you will live 110 years old, because if you believe that you can do it, you will have a higher chance of success and you will do it. Also feeling young and acting young is very important. As we get older, I remember, you know, in India when I was growing up, many of my Many of my father's friends, when they retire after age 58, they pretty much have given up on the fun in life, pretty much given up on travel, pretty much given up on social activity. They would just sit at the house and pray God for like six to eight hours, not even do that much physical activity. So staying young, acting young, feeling young is very important. That's true. So on that note, my grandmother is going to be 101 in November. Wow, amazing. She I think we can learn so much from her. Yes, she is very sharp. She knows 10 phone numbers wow. by heart. She doesn't, she has a flip-flop phone and she has, wow. she had remembered this number using some sort of a rhythmic method. That's wow. how she dials them. And wow. every day she makes her one chapati, wow. flatbread on her own. And that's her goal. That. I'm going to die the day when I stop making my own bread. Wow. So she, she gets to that every day. So she stands there and she does it. So I, I, I have, and she was a businesswoman, a lot of hard work, a uh, lot of, you know, all that stuff, but she's going. <laughs> I think, uh, I think uh, I'll tell you one thing. When a person has a uh, purpose, when a person has a hobby, when a pur person has a mission, they always live long. I think a person who is lost, person who doesn't have any uh, direction, person who doesn't wake up in the morning with a to-do list, those are the people who typically don't live long. They don't take care of themselves. So I agree with you. You have to have a mission to live long. Also, the next important thing is be in the love with a person, pet, or a plant. Obviously, you know, I think you have to have somebody you can fall in love with. I think people who are in love, they live long. This is my own personal belief. 
And I think uh, having a life, having a wife, spouse, life partner, friend, family, or even if you are by yourself, you are single, having a pet, or even just have a living fun. Actually, there was a study done where they looked at this 85, 90 year old nursing home people, and each one was given plant. And half of them were not given a plant. People who got the plant to water, to see the daily growth, to see the leaves coming on, those people live longer because they fell in love with even a plant. Also having a hobby is very important. Being a minimalist is very important. Reflect on life every day, journal every day. Have a gratitude journal every day. Be happy. I have a three hour long talk on happiness on my YouTube channel. I think sometimes we don't realize uh, what makes us truly happy. So please watch the three hour long talk and you realize that some of the things which makes you happy are within your reach today and you can be happy today actually, instantly. Uh, be proactive as much as possible, not just with health, but also with your relationship, with your finances, with your car, with your house. Be proactive as much as possible. Always be positive and be optimistic. I have a rule in my life, which I, I try to follow as much as possible, that I try to find five positive things out of every negative thing. If, if, if I'm stuck in a traffic and a highway or expressway, I still find five positive things of getting stuck on the expressway. And everyone can do that if they make a habit out of it. Having a stress management is very important. Use stress, which is a good type of stress, is important in the life. We don't grow, we don't uh, advance ourselves unless we have due stress. It's the distress which is very detrimental, which is very, very inflammation causing, which cuts our lifespan. So definitely we should avoid distress and uh, and have use stress. Again, I have a separate video on how you can manage your stress and how you can turn distress into use stress. Uh, increased parasympathetic tone, we covered partly on this, but vagal tone, which is the parasympathetic nerve, higher the vagal tone, higher the parasympathetic tone, longer we live. Also, time management is very important. We all get 24 hours in a day. So how you manage those 24 hours, whether you watch three hours of Netflix or two hours of partying with drinking, or you can do meditation, or sit in the sauna or exercise. How you manage the time is very important. Regular meditation, obviously everybody knows the benefits. Regular pranayam or breathing exercise is also very important. Volunteer as much as possible, never retire. And if you retire from your real work, then at least continue teaching whatever you know or go and volunteer or, you know, take up a project, take up a hobby, learn a new language, but never retire, uh, never retire in a, in a physical sense. Always have an adequate supporting social circle, very important. Work 40 hours. Obviously, some people need to work more than 40 because of their finances. But when we work more than 40 hours, we start to ignore a lot of the priorities in life, including health and sleep and exercise and many other things. Like I said, daily journal is very important. I keep journal every day for the last five years. Gratitude journal or gratitude every day is very important. Uh, no anger. Uh, again, this is the last slide. How to measure biological age. And I... I covered earlier that there's a Morgan Loving Calculator. If you just Google Morgan Loving Calculator, it will give you nine labs to plug in. And if you have access to your labs, just pull out those labs and plug in those nine numbers. And this calculator will give you your biological age. And then you know whether you are younger than your chronological age or you are older than your chronological age. And don't worry, you can always reverse your age by following what I just taught you over the last one hour. You can also do a methylation age, which is about $200. There are various companies do it. It's, it's not necessary to do it, 
But uh, if you have interest, you can do it. You can also, like I said, you can also do a telomere length, which also gives you your biological age. Again, to conclude, knowing is not enough, we must apply. And willing is not enough, we must do. Again, I think no matter how much knowledge I collect and I gather, unless I follow, unless I put it into action, I'm not gonna live long, I'm not gonna be happy, I'm not gonna be healthy. So I will start here. I think we can go uh, off slides now. Sure. Perfect. Well, that was just amazing. It was it was a rapid fire of uh, you know different uh, different factors, small steps we can take. Even if we all start with one or two things, you know, and go down the list and make that as a goal. That hey, by end of this year, I'm going to check mark all the all the things on your bullet list. That itself will increase the the health and the happiness of uh, all uh, all our audience. And uh, this is a fantastic list, list that you got, you have put together, Dr. Shah. I cannot thank you. Enough. Yeah, thank you. No, I think I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, overnight change will be hard. I think, if, like you said, if they can take two or three items from the list and do it for two, three weeks, turn into a, a, a lifestyle, turn into a habit, and then do two or more things and two or more things. And before they know, like you said, in one year, they'll be doing 80, 90% of the things. And I also feel that, you know, some of these things have uh, a ripple effect, right? Once you are positive, uh, you are more likely to, to do right things. You are going to feel better. And I also feel that uh, our what kind of energy we have or what kind of attitude we have, we tend to attract similar people or friend around us, you know. Um, it, it's just amazing. I mean, I've been, you have been working you know, for so many years, I have been working for last almost 20 years. And maybe I'm saying of, of all the thousands of people we have seen, maybe there was one or two bad encounter, you know, and I feel absolutely. No, I, think, uh, I, think I, I agree with you. I think uh, your next uh, top five friends are the one who's going to show you how you're going to live your life. So I think have a friend who believe in health, have a friend who believe in whole food, plant-based, no all that. Have a friend who want to eat at home with a potluck party, the whole food, plant-based, sit and watch a Netflix movie with you. Have a friend who want to meditate with you. I mean, all those things, like when you make that tribe, you know, you need to belong to that healthy tribe. But you also need a coach and a, 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 a life coach and a health coach also. That's what I think the role of a person like Deepa becomes very important because not only you are a nutritionist, but you are a dietitian, but also I think you know also about other six pillars of healthy lifestyle, not just about what we should eat, but what else we should be doing in our life. Yeah, because you know, food choices are triggered by our environment, you know, that's why the lifestyle assessment, I'm more interested in that, that really person's health history, because person's health history is a reflection of his lifestyle. Yes. You tell me what time you eat, where you eat, what kind of food you eat, I will tell you where this train is going, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, that's why lifestyle assessment and doing, I also feel that doing a bit of an introspection 
at the end of the day or a week or a month and saying hey have i done anything for somebody else or have i done anything yeah. good for myself yeah. is also very important yes so, yeah self care is so important self care is important but dr shah i cannot thank you enough for for uh, being on the show today i like i said in my introduction having a cardiologist who practices functional and lifestyle medicine and who is whole food plant based is extremely rare so <laughs> this is this is my honor my uh, privilege and my luck that i i found you and you we we joined the hands together and i hope to stay in touch with you and uh, people you know there are few comments about how how much they enjoyed the uh, talk and tell us a little bit about where can people find you so again they can look me up on healthy living with dr ajay shah healthy living with dr ajay shah i'm on facebook we have more than 100000 followers now and i also have a youtube channel healthy living with dr ajay shah my youtube channel has almost 300 videos there are videos on weight loss there are videos on happiness there are videos on depression there are videos on how to live long there are videos on exercise there are videos on sleep there are videos on high blood pressure you know relationship stress management lot of videos almost three lot of interviews also including interview with the chef aj including interview with the brenda davis so a lot of good interviews also on our youtube channel so i think i'm definitely available and people who comment or ask me questions on facebook i individually and personally always answer those questions even though you know we all are busy but i take it very seriously when somebody asks me question i always answer the question okay now we thank you for that and i look forward to having you uh, on the show again maybe we will do another one on weight loss or live cooking we can have a indian food throw down you cook one yeah. thing one thing uh, i'll cook something and uh, we'll we'll keep uh, educating and entertaining our audience and thank for you for sure much. thank you very much thank you have a great afternoon thank you you too